there it goes. Everybody, look up and watch out. It's Keep Up with Sylvan Singh. I'm here with the rest of the Keep Up crew. Let's get into some motherfucking shout-outs. Oh, hell no! It's time for some motherfucking shout-outs. Here we go, Eddie. Go wing. Subway going with Eddie. All that good stuff. Whatever you want to be called, give us your shout-outs. All right. Don't even get me started. I got a couple of people on here that I just want to give a quick shout-out to. The first Instagram is I am 30 af I don't know if you guys follow them. Somebody kept sending me their posts. So I looked them up on Instagram. I'm familiar. I, you've heard of them before? Yeah, very funny. They are the only person, they're the only Instagram account whose stories I watch every single one, and I'm fucking rolling laughing. I don't, I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end. It's, very, it's for like the 80s kids who are now in their 30s, just a solid Instagram. I suggest you check it out. My next shout-out is my friend Gino on Instagram. These are all supposed to be Instagram, right? I feel like I didn't yes, understand yes, the please. homework here. Yeah, no, you okay. got it. You, a, a plus, Gino. Okay, cool. So my friend Gino Hawley, he's a New York City photographer who I think that well, – that's not his main line of work. That's his dream job. But his photos of New York City make me love New York even more than I already do, which you're is saying a lot. Yeah, you're an authentic, real native New Yorker. So oh, yeah. That does mean a lot. And the last one, so basically I, I went live with my high school government teacher. I love your lives. Love your lives. Oh, uh, thank, thank you. So she, she, she's been a huge supporter of them, and it's kind of wild going live with a teacher. I still call her Miss Richards. I'll give her a shout-out here, Miss Nancy Richards from Staten, Italy. Hey. She basically had to raise and teach – the young Trump supporters of Staten Island before they even knew what the Constitution was and the preamble. So she and I share the same political affiliation and a lot of the same opinions about things, human rights, etc. We went live and this comedian, Danny Cohen, watched it on Facebook. I don't know who Danny Cohen is. Started, He followed me on Instagram. I followed him back. And since following him back, I'm obsessed with this guy's live videos. He's nice. an authentic Jewish, say it like you mean it, everything bagel and tuna fish, cream cheese yeah. and lox, <laughs> eaten comedian. So he's my third shout out. Uh, I feel like I, I got to go see his comedy shows in real life once things, uh, once you're allowed to do that. Well, now I'm interested. I love funny people. You're hilarious. So whoever you think is funny, I think is uh, on the right track at least. So let's get into some viral news. Meet women. What the fuck happened? Here we go. Um, let's get the fucking gloomy news out of the way. And there's really nothing that we could do. We're not politicians. We're not executives of the branch and shit like that. But um, April has seen an uptick in uh, shootings. We saw, uh, which wasn't April, that was March, the, the Asian shootings, the Asian mas- uh, massage parlors. Um, and so what, we're, what I want to mention briefly is the people fighting against these executive orders that Biden is uh, providing. We have data um, on April shootings, and there is at least eight, and that's pretty bad. And mass shootings are supposedly, and it, it varies by state, by the way. Massachusetts considers anyone over three. The FBI doesn't even call them mass shootings. They call them mass murders, and they do include even if the the, um, the perpetrator kills themselves. My bad. You were going to say something. 
No, no, you're totally, you're, I know all those variations of the word and all the, po- the politics around it. It's just, I hate that I've gotten to the point now where when I see one in the headlines, I'm not surprised. You're almost anticipating the next one. We've become numb to it. And I think at this point, the only way it's really going to hit home is if you or someone you know was going to the grocery store to get bread and they either end up getting shot or they end up getting killed. I mean, forget about it. The shootings that happen in this neighborhood alone, I'm almost afraid not afraid i'm almost thinking today could be the fucking day i'm going to buy myself a case of white claws or uh sweet potatoes from it the, would happen the, with white claws that's what i'm or you know what it would happen with me that would be, be a regular taste <laughs> it'd be fucking sweet potatoes or or like uh like or that dope ass salsa or that dope ass salsa you told us oh that. my gosh yes don't even get me started uh, dreams dreams aren't aren't this that's a aren't great this brand name i love that i should have gave them a shout out right that should have been on shark tank <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no there's a segment second amendment sanctuaries uh which i didn't even know uh they're called like sanctuary cities ignore federal and state gun laws they consider restrictive so there's people or so uh biden is trying to get rid of ghost guns and so he's done executive orders based on the uptick on uh these mass shootings and so like i say governors like ray um, abbott from texas they are tr- they're they're basically preparing to sue whatever executive orders that Biden is providing with that. Let me ask you a question. Have you shot guns before? You've shot guns? I I have. I have. And my personal belief is if we started back at zero, like the beginning of time, I would say no guns ever. But we're so far in, man. There's three for every person. There's over 300 million guns in this country. So we can't really turn back time. So I am for the Second Amendment. But I'm for heavy regulations. I'm he- like, I do not believe that like we like deserve any of the. I think we should deserve handguns. But I don't think anybody deserves like you know semi-automatics or AR-15, any of that type of stuff. Anything that like has been in a war or something like that, it should not be in our hands. I'm with you. I got relatives who, if they pull up at a stoplight and somebody's next to them and they look at them the wrong way, if they had possession of a gun here in Brooklyn, they'd fucking shoot them. Mm-hmm. Or those people in Pennsylvania who over snow. Did you see that video? The yeah, neighbors who were shoveling snow. Somebody sent me that video before it ended up getting censored on the news. So I have the CCTV footage. This could easily have been my parents. Because you, sound they you sound British when you say that. CCTV. CCTV. <laughs> <laughs> my Parents, they throw, they are guardians of their parking spot. They throw snow in the street. Your they mother's have, hilarious, by the way. Oh my god, this is like this, this is what I'm gonna have to say at her funeral. At least we, we we she wants everybody to know that we got made we made sure everybody would have parking at, for this funeral. So is it in her will? Is the parking, parking is the parking spot in her will? I wouldn't be surprised if she has something in there about parking. Eddie, you get the parking spot. You get the space. But I feel like that guy had a handgun and he shot them in. He shot at them with the handgun, then went inside and got his his assault rifle. Uh, and I love shooting guns. I really do. But I feel like we've gone so far at this point now. It's only a matter of time before each of us is connected personally to someone who's been killed by one of these fucking mass shootings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even with uh, and that's why that's this is not on the outline either. George Floyd, that that uh, trial's going on. We mentioned a little bit last episode with Derek. Chabon. Oh, yeah. But I have fatigue as well. I have fatigue with a lot of Americans. I'm not going to be watching it like I did like OJ and I've done with like other court cases like um, what's another one? I think I did. Um, I did Eric Gardner. I did Mike Brent. But like I'm done. I'm done. Like I, I just can't do it anymore. I can't watch another unarmed unarmed black person uh, just be 
eviscerated. Be murdered. On, be yeah, murdered. Be, be murdered on television once again. What's up, Derek? Um, be murdered again. Yeah, you're right. Be murdered on television once again, and be murdered in character also. That's that's the thing that I'm just. That's what I'm most fatigued about, and I'm also fatigued of seeing it. I don't want to see a black person with any color knee on top of anybody to be any color i don't care but but obviously right now this is more of the devastation in that community but i don't want to see anybody's knee in anybody's neck i don't care what profession yeah. they're in i don't care what occupation unless it's like ufc or something like that i don't give a fuck like i don't think somebody sorry somebody even said lay do this experiment lay on your and i want all your listeners to try and do this because i did it and it's not cute you lay on your stomach and you start breathing Mm-hmm. over and over, and you see how hard it is to breathe when you are laying flat down on your stomach on a wooden floor. Then turn your head to the side and start to breathe that way. And then, and only then, imagine someone has got their knee on your neck. And it's already difficult to breathe for a certain amount of time when you're laying on your side like that. And it's, there was another meme that said, we're, we've got a trial going on for a murder that the entire world is witness to. Why is there, why is this even up for debate? But again, you know, I hate to throw my Staten Islanders under the bus, but there are these people who will support crooked cops, racist cops to the bitter end. They feel like cops can do no wrong. They will absolutely support them till the bitter end. So it's just another one of these fucked trials. No, I totally agree with you. It's really sad. And I, and I, I hate to get, cause I, cause I like to be real on the show, but I had to bring a little John Krasinski in here, a little good news because yeah. And even with this, even with Deshaun uh, Watson being all naughty and shit like that, him getting a little pitch in a tent while he's getting a massage, this guy is being sued by at least 20 to 30 women right now. No charges have been brought up, but he was a coveted quarterback in the NFL. Um, He is on the Houston Texans, and he was trying to force a trade. That is definitely on mute right now. That is definitely on pause. Um even someone, one of his associates, who is his personal masseuse, so I don't even know why he's going out and getting, like, all these other masseuses if he has a personal masseuse. But she even tried to defend him and started talking about his hard-on. And so I'm like, hold up. So if I was the show Watson, like, I would be like Trump back in, like, you know, when he was running the country, like, when they would, like, say something fucked up and Trump would think that, like, Giuliani, for instance, he would bring out Giuliani <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, Trump, yeah, Rudy's got this, Rudy's got this. And then right after the interview, Trump would be like, why did I let him speak? <laughs> that's how Deshaun Watson that's how Deshaun Watson is feeling right now about this woman defending him. She basically yeah. started talking about his, his fucking Woody and I'm like, hold up, hold up, that's that should be the last thing you mentioned if you're trying to defend this guy. Well, I think if you have a if you have a personal if you have a personal massage therapist, maybe over time it feels like that has run its course. You know what I mean? The other layer of this, I'm a firm believer in believe the victims, believe the women. They all have voices, but. I also feel like the definition of sexual assault, because that's the word that keeps being used, and I think that his lawyer even said, you know, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to provide a certain amount of proof in order to bring about a lawsuit, bring about a case. I also am am questioning 
this guy's swag and his popularity, I don't know too much about him, but I have a pretty good feeling that if you're an NFL player and you're a really handsome guy, you can't go to a, a club or a bar or a restaurant and somehow manage to pick somebody up. Maybe he can get a Tinder account. Does he have a girlfriend now? I feel like I couldn't tell on the internet whether he was even in a relationship. So I guess I just feel bad that this was the route he had to go, and now it's going to cost them a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I hate to do this to you, but I'm adding also Prince Philip now that I only forgot. And you just like mentioned that before. Um, yeah, no, Deshaun Watson, he's he's pretty, he's not done. He's not done. We live, we still live in a man's world, unfortunately, and so you can get away with those type of things. So um, yeah, so that's a developing story. The only reason why we're mentioning it is because it's pretty much at a boiling point right now. Um, there, something's going to happen. He's either going to get suspended from the NFL. He's either going to be traded. He's either something um, uh, charges are going to be brought up. Who knows? So something's going to happen. And something's going to happen with Matt Gates. He is a Republican from Florida. He is a staunch, staunch supporter of Trump. Um, he's definitely uh, he was definitely somebody with a political rise. He's definitely someone you could have saw on the ticket. In 2024, I definitely could have envisioned that. He has a lot of popularity, especially if you ride that freaking nasty tampon Trump wave. Um, but, uh, yeah, so now he was sex, supposedly allegations. He was sex trafficking 17-year-olds on a plane just to concubine that ass. And um, he was uh, he was taking bribes. He was sending sexual photos to people like um, Katie Hill, the one that got caught, uh, caught in the throuple. Um, she said that it was disgusting. It was hard to take her seriously after she got outed with that whole 21-year-old and her throuple. Uh, yeah, so how do you feel about Nasty Matt Gates? You know, I think that this guy, he, he has spent the last four years sniffing Trump's dirty panties. Oh. And it's like I got so many of these Trumpers in my orbit that, you know, just to back up for a moment, if you're still looking for Obama's birth certificate or oh, birth if certificate. you feel – yeah, if you feel like the election was stolen or you question whether or not the Holocaust actually happened, the conversation stops there. I feel like I'm an equal opportunity. You fuck up. Doesn't matter if you're on my side or not. I'm going to talk about it. I might still choose your side in the end, but I'm going to acknowledge the wrongdoing that went on. And Matt Gates is just one of these panty, dirty panty sniffing Trump supporters. And I feel like he got to the point where he felt invincible. He was Venmoing one guy money, his associate. Then that person was Venmoing the money to the 17-year-old. I also know 17 is the age of sexual consent in certain states, but not every state. And once you get into the finite points of certain laws, now, now you know, you wanted to get fucked, and now you're really fucked. Yeah, even if you're on a boat, man, maritime laws, man. You, you, you got to go where it's at, man. I agree, and and it's funny because uh, he's in con uh, yeah he's in Congress, I think, or is he a senator? I think he's, a, he's in Congress. He's um, not a senator. No, yeah, so he's representative, and um, and they they they're the ones that control intercommerce. They're the ones that handle all that shit, and he's a dumbass. So um, yeah, and you I, know, and when I was certain amount of power comes to when you are the younger one. Like I remember when I was seventeen years old in New York, and I was meeting people online. Mm -hmm. Seventeen for New York State was was and I believe still is the sexual age of consent. Once I turned 18, I never really looked into that law anymore, but I used to have that website ready to paste into 
chat conversations because people were so afraid to meet someone who was 17. But after I would meet up with them and whatever happened, happened, I would then jokingly tell them that I was working for the police. <gasps> Does doesn't go over here. Holy shit. <laughs> I would I would do it when I would get home. I would send an email that says, just so you know, I'm working with the police. Just as a joke, I had a twisted sense of humor back then. Uh, needless to say. And you're alive. You're not, alive today. Oh, my God. <laughs> people did not like that prank. They did not. But it puts the younger one is in a position of power. So I feel like these, you know, these women, they're going to turn they're going to turn on him. I'm, I'm this is it's not looking good. It's not looking good for this guy yeah and uh yeah no it couldn't happen to a better person he's a fucking troll he's a fucking total troll um and right now they are trying to once again get rid of the filibuster of c mansion uh, one of the high-ranking democrats it's pretty much done it's pretty much done they're not going to kill that um obama has gone back and forth on i just finished his book you just mentioned um something that uh that he mentioned in the book as well but filibusters was a, uh, not a big deal but he mentioned it that he was for it at one time that that is the um aaron burr is the one that created it he wanted to divert away it's a, it's a good way to divert from someone making a law you can just talk your way out of it mitch mcconnell's done it many times especially because he's the one that schedules these debates and some actually not even schedules he's like notorious for not scheduling shit but anyway so the filibuster you are able to like like i said talk your way out of trying to bring something to the table to be voted on or to even be discussed and both sides believe that it is a necessary tool to stop the other party from getting what they want to get done, which is something we don't want. But that's what Manchin's um, reasoning is, is because he sees it as a tool that we'll always want to use. So why would you want to do that when they could do the same thing to us? How do you feel about that? Well, I think that it's just like everything, and it's uh, do as I say, not as I do, and Perfect. similar similar with executive orders where nobody had a problem when uh, Obama used executive orders for certain things, and yet the Republicans pissed and moaned about it for eight years. Then Trump's going to do however many more executive orders in his first term. And I'm sorry, I pivoted to executive orders because I feel like this is along the same vein where yeah. you have a problem with it when it works against you or, or when it's uh, the other party that's doing it. And then you're in favor of it when it's your party. I feel like it's a bridge too far now. So filibuster falls into that category of Trump has set such a precedent with how things are run that this country is so unfortunately divided that I feel, you know, sort of divided on that issue as well. I do, I do agree with you that it, it is something that shouldn't, shouldn't happen. True. And uh, we won't talk about it too much because it's just in development. He's just, he's creating a think tank for uh, back in the court. And so obviously when that gets hairy, um, that'll be something to talk about. Yeah, I um, saw that, but you know, that's, that's like a step that needs, that is a, him admitting I don't sniff Biden's dirty panties, but that is him admitting I voted for him. I yeah. voted Trump out. My vote for him was not a vote for Biden. We're on the same page vote, with that. Uh, it was against Trump. I don't, like, I I don't like Biden at all. Yeah, I feel like I I have uh, – he, he's got pros that I, that I would speak to. I feel like getting a think tank together is – if what's the opposite? I'm going to pack the court. 
he's gonna, he's gonna weigh the pros and cons. I imagine if he does pack it and it's in my favor because it's in my politics, I'm gonna be happy with it. If he ends up not packing it and the Republicans, conservatives hold an advantage of the Supreme Court, I don't want any of my rights overturned. So I feel like it's it's again one of those things where when it favors me, I'm okay with it, and when it doesn't, I'm, I get to you know I get to piss and moan about it. And that's actually my fault. I did it. I didn't put that on the outline, and I was about to like bypass it. But you're right. There are a lot of rights on the line, especially LGBTQIA plus rights. De- definitely on the table. Definitely like the um the they just right now they're about to bring back that case, that Supreme Court case, the Baker, the um the um the uh, the one that keeps uh turning down gay people, and um this per this gay person um of affluence is suing the shit out of him. Like nonstop, even though he, the the guy, the the um the religious dude won that case, the Supreme Court won that case. So yeah, there's, but that's a minuscule. That's just an example. But you're right. There's a lot of legislation on the table. No, but Vincent, you make a great point because it's those small cases that when they get passed up the chain. Mm-hmm. Then they become a Supreme Court case. Then it becomes, you know, decided and it becomes law. And then I'm just going to have to decide to no longer be a part of the LGBT community. I'm just going to have to tell everybody I'm a straight guy. And then at least I'll have my rights back. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of that meme. Like, um, it's like, uh, is this guy, he kind of looks like George Carlin. It's like, I just, I, I just, I guess I'll just die. (laughs) <laughs> like, they, like right, they give all these, right they give like all these reasons not to give him something or like not to like you know accommodate your community or those things. And, and same thing when I was talking about money back Joe before I was just like yeah cool uh pause this whatever uh benefit package that you got going for me while I'm trying to you know survive I guess I'll just die like I don't like I don't even know I don't even, <laughs> that's what I say to myself when I look and I'm like wow they really don't want me to survive Maybe I'll jump in front of a fucking train. Then at least I'll make some headlines on my way out the goddamn door. Right. And uh, who knows, man? Maybe Caitlyn Jenner, when she gets into politics, she will make it all better. The reason why this stood out to me is because Brad Parscale, um, a former Trump operative, um, he has joined her campaign. And we talked in the pre-meeting, me and Eddie, we have followed Caitlyn Jenner, um, ascent into Caitlyn Jenner land. And uh, she... uh, she she's going back and forth. She has said that she's against Trump because Trump obviously, even though he he says he's not, but it's actually contrary, especially with the military ban um, with transgender because he said it wasn't in the budget. He didn't want to pay for the hormones. There was all types of laws that he uh, brought. I mean, he sorry devolved for that community, and so anything associated with that, I thought Caitlyn Jenner would not want to be aligned with. And now he ha- now she has hired someone from that campaign. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. I feel like, you know, Caitlyn Jenner has all but has all but at the beginning of Trump's presidency or the announcement of his presidency, she's all but said that she's against transgender rights. It's almost as if she forgets that she is in fact transgender. Now I have transgender people in my friend circle. I have mm-hmm. transgender people in my family. One relative that I just found out about recently mm-hmm. and I feel very uh, – I want to be as educated as I possibly can be on this. And you're right. The trans ban in the military, it's like it's, I've never been in the military, and I wouldn't want to be in the military. If there's a trans person who feels like that is an opportunity to serve their country, they should be allowed Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. And it's one of these things with Caitlyn Jenner that she's – just become so polarizing and uh, she's got such privilege and getting mixed up with the Kardashians, you know, there's that certain level of 
when Bruce Jenner was at a level of fame, Kardashian took it, you know, way further. And then she was forced to sort of transition in front of the cameras. And I think that she's left the fucking planet. I don't think she should run for governor. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I don't think she should be anywhere near politics. I don't, I don't care um, if she's transit. She's not even transitioned. I think she's transitioned already. Uh, actually, no, I don't know. I think, uh, whatever. I don't know too much about uh, It's very taboo. It's very taboo to ask people. I also yeah. feel like with, with personal what, too, like, why would I want to know? Like, Why would I want to tell somebody if I got like surgery like that? Well, I think it's one of these things too, where you, for example, if a girl likes to peg her guy, you're not going to ask that guy flat out. Do you like to get pegged? True. With gay guys. True. People come out and ask. <laughs> you're not going to ask, and then then they may not they may not give that information because it's a little bit taboo. Similar to you ask a gay guy, are you a top or a bottom? Some of them will give you that information before you have to ask. Others are a little That's bit more true. uncomfortable I, about it. When I learned about that, the versatility and all that kind of stuff, I did learn that because when I first learned about, it, I was like, oh yeah, that must be like common knowledge, like on a baseball card. And you're right. When I was younger, I did ask. And and it was personal, and people were uh, ticked off a little bit because they were like, "That's rude, it's personal." Like, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. And some people want to say, "Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not really comfortable talking about that." Others have no issue. I have no issue with it. But mm-hmm. with the sexual reassignment surgery, to turn only because I've done this research on it yeah, yeah, yeah. to turn uh, Bruce Jenner's penis into Caitlyn Jenner's vagina, mm-hmm. that's a huge deal. And if it is a huge penis. Caitlyn Jenner is deciding, I'm going to make this go away. There could be complications with the penis turning into a vagina. I know someone who recently asked me to donate to pay for their second vagina because they were crowdsourcing to gain uh, to gain funds to pay for a second vagina. And I thought, I'm going to pay for I, it's a it's an expensive vagina, and I yeah. got to pay for one vagina I haven't even seen, and now I got to pay for a second. Only vagina fans, because... you got to encourage her to do it. Only fans, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to make this. Way. I need to get yes. this investment back. Exact. I will only help pay for this new vagina if I get a free subscription to the OnlyFans. <laughs> and that per- the point is in Bitcoin. Of- in Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Yes. I like to be open about talking about this, but the the point of the matter is, Caitlyn Jenner also tried to backpedal by saying that she, Caitlyn Jenner, was still going to continue to date women as a woman. So it's one of these things too, where sexuality is not always. Uh, tied to the trans community, meaning, no, in fact... And we were talking about Jeffrey Timber. We were talking about that before. His character, her, she was into women. She was she was still into women, even though she was transitioning to transgender, even though they were... Uh, sorry, spoiler for anybody who wants to show, wants to show she was rejected for the surgery. And, and, that, and it's hard to be accepted. That's another thing. That's why, like, when people are up in arms, especially with the Arkansas law, um, where that was... Oh, I think that was vetoed, um, where... Uh, Kids can't get hormone therapy on the road to uh, transgender. Uh, yes, which I, which, which is weird because it's not that I agree with it. It's just that the opposite, like you said, the alternative. They're hurting themselves. They're committing suicide for like not being who they want to be. Whether I agree with it or not, whether I like you know the philosophy or anything, I don't want people to harm themselves. I want people to be safe, and I want them to be as miserable as the next person. And as so as we are, miserable. yes, yeah, not yes. more miserable. Yes. And, you know, uh, just to, to bookend what you're saying, this is similar to mass shootings. Until someone is personally affected by a mass shooting, they really aren't thinking about it as hard as they maybe should. And until your child, until you can say 
If my child is trans, I will reject them of their life and I will celebrate the fact that they might have to commit suicide. Then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So it's one of these things I wouldn't wish on anyone. So I feel like the trans community, especially being part of the LGBTQI, which the acronym is getting very inclusive, but it's also getting very fucking long. Yeah. I feel like it's funny that that, uh, where he was talking about all the letters in the car. He was like, damn, how many letters are there? a lot of everybody they that that part of our acronym they in my opinion have it the most difficult we've all got it difficult life is already hard enough but the the transgender community has got it especially difficult (laughs) true true what is uh what's the name of mitchell uh pritchett uh i'm trying to find it oh jesse tyler ferguson i wanted to mention that because um he got a lot of backlash well he got mixed reaction actually um and he said that he was going to raise his son gay and at first i saw the title obviously it was like clickbait for me so i'm like what what does that mean i'm like how do you raise someone gay and so then i saw and it was it was it was so harmless it was like you know just playing like elton john like you know just in it just in it the same way you would like with traditional heterosexual programming, which to me is actually more pushed in our face more often than than homosexual programming, which like I said, like and he made a great point. He was like, Well, people showed me heterosexual uh programming all my life and I still turned gay. So like that that argument of me showing like all this quote unquote gay material and that would automatically turn and then we're like oh, the the follow up question was to to end it, um the follow-up question was, well, what if he turned straight? And he's like, I, I'll still love him just the way that your kid would turn gay if he saw, like, all this heterosexual, homi- uh, like, homogeneity, like, going on. No, absolutely. And I did not hear of that article, but I grew up watching Friday the 13th, which is nothing but titties all the time. As well as titties. <laughs> <laughs> Sorority House Massacre, I feel like as a, as a child, I remember thinking, or my grandma would walk in and she would go, why do you got that on? My <laughs> would on. We would be seven, eight, nine years old. It would be nothing but titties and panties. And so, and ladies taking, taking baths with other ladies. And I mean, I didn't turn out anything close to being straight. So I understand his point, but I also understand the controversy around it. Yeah, true, because anything to do with children and how they're raised and stuff like that, people are very sensitive. Plus, Elton John's John's a pain in the balls, but he is a very good singer. He is, he is, and to me, he's transcendent. I don't understand, like, why. Just because he's gay himself, like, my grandma was just talking about that recently. She was talking about going to a wedding, and then we'll go on to the next segment, my bad. Um, She went to a a wedding a long time ago, and she has a... uh, a gay relative that we all know, cousin Billy. And growing up, like we're we're the same age. Um, like when I'm younger, like a gay cousin, like was a big deal. Like you're just like you don't have that many, you don't hear that that many, and like a lot of things, especially that time, were against him. The odds were against him. So she so she said that she went to a wedding that he was like I guess like I don't I don't know like he was like head honcho of or like knew of the people. And she goes, could you make it clear that I'm straight? And I'm like, and we're like all listening to this and we're like, what? And so she tells a story and she said that somebody did hit on her and then was very insistent. Your grandma? Yeah. And I had to, I had to leave because I had to leave the conversation because I said to her, I was like, well, that's the same thing of like a dirty dude, like coming up to a straight woman. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like men do that all the time. So like you're just going through what you would go through with a man anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I don't understand. Like, yeah, that's gross. 
but it's gross because like someone is trying to just be like a predator. It has nothing to do with like her liking whatever genitalia. So like I was just a little turned off all the way that like you know she was portraying that story. But I understand because she's never gonna like change that aspect. So like people are listening to it and they were they were going to counter argument too, but like it wasn't gonna be as you know as combative as me. Well, she must, your grandma must must be pretty attractive if uh, if a lady was she is um, actually yeah. yeah she so is. she should have taken it as, as a compliment and say, listen, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Make that hand motion like I'm doing now, and then and then leave. Well, she's <laughs> one of those people that thinks a flag is uh, being patriotic. So mm, okay, and she's like a closeted Trumper. I I think she never admitted that she voted for him, but whatever. We're not gonna. That's have a whole other breed. I understand. Right, right. Let's get on to some music news. Oh, you think you're funny? Then you don't. What the fuck did I hear? And we'll get through this quick with DMX because last week we mentioned him. We got through the specifics. And we don't really know that much, actually. The autopsy hasn't provided anything. There's been a lot of conflicting reports. A lot. His attorney said it had nothing to do with drugs. But he did die on the respirator of a heart attack. Um, and uh, and I hate to mention this meme. I'm not trying to make fun of him. Um, but uh, there was a there's a meme out there, and there's a news report rumor. That, and there was a rumor like this also similar to Nipsey Hussle after he died with his children. But he didn't really need it, though, because Nipsey Hussle supposedly had a good uh, uh, nest egg for his children. But DMX has 17 children. And I didn't know that until this meme. And it said that Jay-Z was going to pay for the Masters, which, again, not that many rappers own their Masters. Jay-Z is one of the only people. He was going to pay $10 million for all of DMX's Masters. That's damn. DMX is a lot of hits, so I can't believe it's only worth $10 million. So that's why, like, this is just rumors so far. And he's going to give it to the 17 kids. And this is just a sad day, man. It's just a sad day, man. That's cool that he would give the Masters. That's cool that Jay-Z would do something like that. Hopefully that is a true rumor. But it's sad that, like, we have somebody like that um, influential. Oh, also, rest in peace, the uh, Prince uh, Duke of Edinburgh. That actually, DMX actually overtook the news of that dude, 99-year-old colonial. And, uh, yeah, how do you feel about those two? How do you feel about those two deaths, actually? We were supposed to mention that on the last segment. How do you feel about both of those? Heavy, heavy day. I like that you said colonial. Um, He is, man. He he was 100 years old. When people were like, wow, he was. I'm like, no, he was. He was. He was the one instituting it. Well, to me, uh, all I'll say about Prince Philip, and I don't watch The Crown. I don't watch The Crown because too many people watched it. I so love it, The Crown. Oh, I am you're at, look, you're part of the you're part of the majority, and I probably would enjoy it, but I feel like too many people were asking me about the fucking Crown that I said, you know what? Now I'm not watching it. You got to watch it for Jillian Anderson. You would love her, man. I do. I do love her, and I loved her in Hannibal seasons. Uh, oh, I never saw. In. I never saw. Oh, that's a show. That that's but three seasons of that. I love she's very, and she's very good in that too. She's very, very good. Um, anyway, I feel like Prince Philip looks like uh, Kane from Poltergeist. Remember the man that's creeping up on their lawn, yes, singing, the church, you know, <laughs> singing the church song. He looks like Bill Nye from um, from Underworld. He looks like the the, the head vampire, like. <laughs> evil, evil twin. Exactly. I what I will say about the Masters is. Uh, I think that that's very nice of Jay-Z. I think that that's very nice. He's making sure these kids are set up, and it, it may be something that he and DMX spoke about, or maybe uh, maybe artists speak about these types of things. I know that I got involved with having to purchase uh, Master Sync 
mm-hmm. publishing rights versus. Oh yeah, yeah. You have a lot of you have a lot of material out there that you need to license. A lot of lot of yeah, a lot of music. Uh, music, you don't realize that there's the publishers, the writers, yeah. and then there's the person who actually records the track, and it gets very, very complicated. Tunecore came out there's to my something... YouTube video. Tunecore came out to my YouTube video. Oh, I can imagine. You, you, can get, you can get sued. I was sued by Paramount. I was sued by Sony. I was sued by EMI all in one, all in one year. I almost got sued that's, by EMI for Billy podcast. Joel. I almost got sued for, from Billy Joel's, uh, uh, is it BMI or B, uh, music group? I forgot, but yeah. No, same. You're right. It, it, <laughs> it's bad. Everybody wants to collect. And, and the thing is, even when you go about it the right way, like if you go to Sarah McLaughlin's people, for example, and you say, listen, I want to use your song for this uh, award show that we're doing. It's a nonprofit. She may say, I don't want any money from it. She's a bad example because I believe she owns publishing rights and master sync of her songs. If she only owned master sync and let's just say Joe Blow owned the publishing rights, Joe Blow can say, no, 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 that award show, you're going to make a lot of money in donations. I want five grand for you to use it one time in this video for the award show. Now Sarah McLaughlin also gets five grand. It's called Most Favored Nations. So she can't take nothing if someone else has gone higher. So it's it's very complex. And I think that it was very nice that that Jay-Z did that for DMX's 17 kids, which maybe some of them were fathered by his massage therapist that <laughs> Watson, uh, and he recommends it to one another. It's true. It's true. And Robert Kraft is the grandpa of all this. He he, <laughs> he wants to see them. He wants to see them doing well. Um, yes, rest in peace, DMX. Uh, he was a longtime addict. Um, I saw this tweet by Jamal Williams. He is a, one of our representatives in New York. He was just newly elected. And um, he said that uh, addiction deserves love and not jail. I agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. Where I do differ, mm-hmm. though, on DMX, the only caveat for me is that he wasn't a good person. He not the 17 kids. I don't think bothering 17 kids makes you a bad person. But the women that were involved with his life, he was really mean to. Like, I saw him on a reality TV show and he was always talking down to them. He was always um, in domestic uh, battles with his uh, women. Um... There was a funny story, though, that I heard recently in Noriega's uh, podcast, the uh, the old Queens rapper. I mean, he's a very popular podcast right now. But um, on a lighter note to segue, uh, he uh, he was he was always high, pretty much. He was always high on crack. And one time he had a really souped up SUV that, like, had lights and stuff like that. So it looked like you were a cop. And so he pulled over people, he said. And he got arrested for it. He got arrested for impersonating a cop. He said that it could have been worse, though. He said he was glad he got arrested because he could have got too carried away and it would have, like, got ridiculous. But he said that, like, people would annoy him on the road so much. And he had such a dope car. He was just like, I'm pulling you over. I fucking love this. I love I love that he I did not know that about him. That makes me like him even more. Me too. No, I love DMX. Even though I just said that, like, I don't think he was a great person. No, I agree with you. Huge DMX fan. I agree with you. If he's if he was mean and all that, I agree with you. But I don't know too much about him, is what I'm saying. But that oh, pulling yeah. over thing, pulling people over who needs to be pulled over, and person a cop, fuck it, pull him over. I, I know you would like that. I definitely knew you would like that. <laughs> Hell yeah, and I love it too. I love DMX. Huge fan. I'm so I'm so happy. Not that he's dead. I, I'm very sad about that. But I'm so happy. So many people loved him when the day that he did actually die a few days ago the music was everywhere the music was everywhere and it deserved it it deserved that's again why i'm so surprised that if that rumor is true that 10 million dollars that's not even close to what 
that's worth, to be honest. His music still is played everywhere, everywhere. It's even in, like, parodies, satire, doesn't matter. And, yeah, so. Hopefully. Yeah, at least his kids will be okay now, and that's a really good deed for Jay-Z. Word. And he actually, um, I've gone to see him three times, and him and Lauren Hill are tied over three in my lifetime that they have canceled on my ass. Oh, one, shit. Yeah, what, the last time was Made in America. He's canceled on me at the Apollo. He's canceled on me at Made in America in Philly. And he's canceled on me somewhere else. I forgot where it was. I might have seen him, actually. Like, he might have, like, like came on stage a couple times. But, like, I've never seen him, like, a full concert. I've never seen him with, like, a full Rough Rider crew. I wish I did because I grew up in the 90s where he was, like, basically, it was just him and Jay-Z, like, ruling the city at one point before Nas came back. But anyway, um he was go- – I saw him on the lineup. You know how it is. You go to festivals, and on the on the lineup card, on the phone, on the app, he was on it. He was on it. And I knew that he was always canceling. So this time I'm like, yo, I'm going to watch this app, and I'm gonna- and if he's still on it, that means he's going to perform. And so then I saw – so then I- somebody uh, goes, Vince, oh, they just said that he's on house arrest. I was like, what? And then I look at my phone. As soon as that person told me that news, I looked at my phone and refreshed – and his name popped, took off off the phone. I was like, <laughs> I was so bad. I was like, so, I'm a little bitter. I'm not going to lie. I'm so bitter. I'm like, yo, X, X. Well, now. Get your yeah, ass that... back down here. <laughs> get your hologram. You all, you all. Oh, man, they could. They did that Tupac one. They definitely could. <laughs> and Whitney. <laughs> oh, that would be so creepy. I saw the I saw the Tupac one in person. I was at that Coachella. That was creepy as wow. fuck. Creepy. 2012. Creepy. Creepy. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm glad they stopped. It was too expensive. They went bankrupt. They were going to do Biggie. They were going to do Nate Dogg. You're right. They were going to do Whitney Houston. Blah. That would be terrible. <laughs> and I love Whitney. Well, and I'm reading uh, Mariah Carey's book, which is actually very good. I thought she was, like, over-traumatizing her past in the beginning, but then she gets more into detail about, like, her sister trying to pimp her out, trying to get her addicted to cocaine. Oh, same thing, DMX. Wow. DMX, his longtime uh, – his producer before he got with DMY – they laced his blunt with fucking crack, and that's supposedly how he got addicted to crack. Oh, shit. And this yeah. is in Mariah Carey's book? No, no, that's not in Mariah Carey. That's DMX. Oh, but story. similar to her sister. But yeah, okay. similar to her story. Like, her brother went through a lot of violence with his with her father, um, the biracial stuff. So in the beginning, I was a little turned off because I'm biracial myself, and I do sympathize with, like, the biracial story. But even myself, I felt like she was over-traumatizing it. But then when she got into when her sister got married young – and became a drug addict and started prostituting herself and try to recruit her at a young age and the self-absorption of her mother, like even to this day, like she's kind of like Elizabeth Walter, Walters, that kind of like selfish kind of mother, like it's like always thinking about herself from arrested development. I mean, not like her personal uh, character, but uh, yeah, no, like crazy, crazy. But you're saying, does, does Mariah Carey mention Whitney Houston in her book? Is that what made you, what made you think of that? You you went from Whitney to oh, Mariah, yes, yes, so more, yes, oh, okay. Yes, they're duet. Yeah. They're, yes, yes, I do. The the best singers. Yes, sorry. I said again. Yeah, oh no, no, no. I was thinking divas. I was thinking divas and DMX. Yeah, he's kind of diva too. But yes, I was thinking about divas. And uh, speaking about masters, uh, we don't have to talk about it too much. But uh, Taylor Swift, she is re-recording her very first albums because her former producers. Um, have the rights to it, and they stopped her. They went through a bitter battle legally, and they stopped her from performing. They stopped her from making any profit from those songs. This is the same DJ, the same producing uh, production team that went through a huge legal battle with Kesha 
over sexual assault. So, um, and he has also gotten a Grammy nomination since. Now he goes under a different name. It's like DJ X or something like that. There was a lot of controversy over that. Uh, we talked on the pre-meeting. You said you're not a fan of her music. You actually are a fan of her tall, slender ass. Um, yeah. I feel like um, I, after seeing her movie, I think it was called Americana. She, yes. Her documentary. I I did not like her music. I did not like her as a person. And then after seeing the documentary, I liked her as a person. But by the end of it, and then seeing some of her actions in real life, I think she has to sit down and rewatch that documentary because these people, and you know, this you could again make a whole podcast about the subject of fame. They just leave the planet. Yeah. And I think that sometimes there's no way to get somebody back down once they've left. Oh yeah, she's already she's already way high. But yeah, that's how I feel about that. I also think that um you know, it's uh it's sad that artists end up getting screwed this way and that they really have remember when back they used to tell us the artists had to pay for the plastic that yeah, the, the CDs would go yeah, into. Yeah. So it just feels like the artists get screwed every which way and this is just another way that they get screwed that they gotta they gotta end up doing this and i think the nostalgia was lost what did they say the nostalgia is lost with her re-recordings of her masters a part of me was like ah who gives a shit but then i guess i feel bad for her she can cry into a bag of money she i know and it's um there's only like a certain expiration date on it is mad yeah right scrooge mcduck over there she can fucking like just (laughs) she really is man she's also a bad new yorker i heard she's a bad like tenant a bad neighbor that's one of the reasons why i don't like her um, as like a person, but as like a musician, I always respect her. I like, I, I, even though it's not like the best music on earth, like it's not, even though it's Grammy nominated and won, but that doesn't mean much because they always not nominate the right people. But, um, she, um, I always respect the fact that she writes like pretty much the whole shit. And that's to me in this day and uh, age where a lot of people don't write their own music. I, I find that a little impressive, especially at her age. Yeah, let me let me let me edit what I said. So basically, I I like the person that she's claiming to be in her documentary, which a lot of people when those cameras go up, you change. When you hit record on a Zoom meeting, before you're recording, people act certain ways. When you hit record, people change. So during her documentary, the cameras are up. I think that I like the person that she was pretending to be, <laughs> and I don't know that that's really her. So she did a good job. Yeah, she did. She did a decent job. So, yeah, that's that. That's it on – let me see. Is that it on the music news? Oh, no, we have one more. Kid Cudi wore a dress for his SNL performance. There's a lot to unpack with that. Not for me. For me, it's fine. I think real men could dress wherever they want. They could dress in a dress, a skirt like Jaden Smith. Do I find it a little weird sometimes? Of course. I grew up in the 90s and shit like that. But I don't give a shit at, at the end of the day, which I hate that cliche, by the way. Um, too many people use it. But uh, for me, when it all sums up, whatever you want to use, when it's all said and done, when the dust clears, um, yeah, like I said, men, women, whoever, whatever you want to specify and on the spectrum, binary, non-binary, Wear whatever the hell you want. It's all silly anyway. I don't know why things were so gender specific to begin with. I don't get. I, I don't think like it should be like all like um like nothing. You know what I'm saying? I don't think like everything should be abstract. But I do think we got carried away with like gender specific shit. Like I definitely think like everything boy, girl, blue, pink, all that shit was out of control. 
I, I agree with you, and I also think that the, if uh, somebody's doing it to, for the sake of being controversial, then I do have a problem with that. But uh, it, it it feels like one of these things that shouldn't be an issue. I also think that, for example, just about uh, norms and things that straight men are supposed to do. For example, uh, you're a heter- you identify as a heterosexual yes. man, right? Cis- if you gender. decided – you're a cisgender heterosexual man. If you decided all of a sudden to start taking very good care of your skin, let's just say, a lot of people. Just saying, I'm like breaking out and shit on camera. Your skin looks very good, but if you Thank did you. this, if you did this uh, recording with a face mask on, or with uh, you know, or one of these rollers, you know these these rollers, True. people automatically they make a comment. Oh, that's feminine. Oh, that's gay. Yeah, and it true. isn't fair because if you, as a heterosexual man, wanted to take wanted to take care of your skin, you shouldn't have to wonder how it's going to be perceived, or you have to keep it a secret so that nobody knows about it. Same with wearing the mask in yeah. this neighborhood in Bensonhurst. You wear a mask, you're and you're a man, you're a faggot. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, this neighborhood is so. They have even. I don't want to use the word police. People just found have, out through Robert Pattinson that Batman wears eyeliner. They were like, "Why is Robert Pattinson wearing eyeliner?" I'm like, um, "Are you new to he this?" Always has. Adam oh West was wearing fucking eyeliner. What the fuck is wrong? All actors wear eyeliner. <laughs> There are there's a guy there's a couple of guys on the the whole fitness the whole fitness thing on social media the people that I take pleasure in muting and blocking oh, because it's just too much too it's funny too, it's too, too much too funny they're wearing ladies ladies uh, jeggings and look, <laughs> Lululemon <laughs> yes they're at at leisure at leisure wear and it's like there's a part of my gay brain that wants to say, oh, you're <laughs> My my gay brain goes. You're wearing those. You're gay. But then I you're think gay. no, I can't do that. I no, can't do that. That's the nineties you right there. Yes, nine, yes, nineties me. You're right. Nineties me jumps out and says you're gay. So I feel like if he wants to wear a dress, let him wear a dress. I personally, I don't see the benefits of wearing a dress. But oh yeah, me too. As far as, yeah, you're right. As far as engineering is concerned, I don't get it either. Um, but I don't have a vagina. Like I don't need to air anything out. I don't need easy access <laughs> and shit like that. Who knows? I don't need. Uh, who knows what like people really? Because people, there are girls who really enjoy being a girl and being feminine and whatever that describes to be. Um, and there are people, like I said, that just love to be so outside the spectrum. You don't know what the fuck is going on. But whatever, let me it t- matters to them. Let me tell you something. You know, you know KFC. Those little wet naps from KFC. Word, they are pretty strong too. <laughs> I think you'll appreciate this. This little, just little anecdotal. I was walking down 86th Street once. I'm, I guess I wish that this woman had a dress on because she might have been able to do this a little bit more discreet. She was wearing black stretchy pants, like a leotard. Okay. She had opened up a KFC. Shorts. Yes. And she had opened up a KFC packet, and I remember thinking, "Is there a KFC around here?" Because my fat ass spotted that from half a block away. KFC, there's no fucking KFC around here. She opened it up. She pulls it out, and she pulls her leotard open, sticks the wipe in, and goes, takes the wipe out, and flings it toward the D train tracks. On the street, so I was like, "What?" She was, added, from, she was adding uh, Nashville hot sauce. Fucking nasty! What the fuck is wrong with her? Oh my oh, god! No. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the the, the wet nap. The the yeah, I know. I'm joking. One. She was trying to she was trying to ex- <laughs> she was trying to extract that. She was trying to get that that good essence on there. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Some women are went, so barbaric, man. Yeah, I went from craving KFC and being hungry to then being confused, and then then looking at it, and it was like. 
flung. So I thought, oh my god, like what's going on here? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> now, if she had a dress day, on, it would have been easier access to um, a, a little wipe. A, that's not fingerling it fun, and B, the colonel made chicken right, <laughs> made chicken too right that day, too right, because she was acting a fool, man. If that chicken was nasty, she would have like probably she would have left. She would have been so disgusted with it, she wouldn't have tried to like be all hygienic and <laughs> slash unhygienic for the rest of us. You always, yeah, and we're going to get into that in the brand of you because that's a big part of your brand, watching etiquette of people traveling and shit like that, and you definitely catch, and people send it to you, too. I love the fact that they do that, but let's get into some television movies first. What? What? Yeah, that nigga's dead. What the fuck did I watch? You won't take this. Will Smith is producing a movie, and it is about slavery, and I know a lot of people are fatigued. I get it. There's a lot of things in history that we have done through Hollywood, Spielberg, all those guys. They love doing that kind of stuff, uh, Spike Lee, you know. But it's cool. Those stories still need that to be told, and I appreciate Will Smith for doing that. Um, he's also going to be doing Emmett Tillman one day with um, with Jay-Z. That's another very horrific story, but still needs to be told. So that did it. So the voting laws in Georgia, you saw that. It's being restricted um, with the, the water. And there are some blue states as well that do that as well. It's still oppressive. I still don't think they should be doing it. Um I don't think any voting restrictions, me, essentially, I hate to, like, reduce it this way, but me, I think more people should be voting. I think that it should be done on the phone. I think that there should be, like, it should be done all week, at least the weekend. I think we're the only country that tries to just, like, make basically a handful of people vote and then go, and that, and to me, that's a republic. I'm tired of living in a republic, and especially that we promoted democracy. We've dismantled different countries saying, hey, Promote democracy over communism, over socialism, all this type of stuff. And we don't even run a democracy. So, like, yeah, we don't have to get too political. But so Will Smith did get political, and he is moving his movie out of Georgia, which coincidentally is pretty much the same thing. It's about Republicans enforcing laws during slavery about voting restrictions, which I don't know how that works. Whatever, I'm intrigued. And so how do you feel about people mixing in? Their personal endeavors, just like the Atlanta Braves, um, they, they're not going to have the All-Star game. So a lot of people are complaining that I guess they're calling it cancellation. I guess it's like part of the cancel culture, like whatever you're doing politically, do not endorse it, which I think is capitalism. But I want to know what your thoughts are. I, I'm with you. I, I I agree that more people should be voting. We should be making voting easier for people. I think that the margin of people who vote illegally Hashtag stop the steal is such bullshit. It's not even a thing. Cracking. Oh my gosh. And then you try to, you try to talk rationally with people about voter fraud and dead people voting and, and all that. And again, if, if your side wins, then, you, and, and there's speculation of fake votes, you want to say that they don't exist. If your side loses and there's speculation of the other side, then of course fake votes. So I just feel like with regard to Will Smith, you, you know, you got to put, you got to follow the money. And I think that Tyler Perry has that huge studio in Atlanta. I almost, I almost worked at that studio. We almost oh, did a, a that gig been there. Really cool. That would have been really cool. It was cool. a couple months pre COVID. It would have been very cool. It would have been very exciting. They were brand new at that point. And mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like you got to, you gotta money talks, and so I'm in favor of Will Smith doing, doing what he's doing because George has got to change. You got to change some things. You're right, and it's funny. You're right. When the shoe is on the other side, when when the shoe fits somewhere else, a lot of people will be like, "Well, just let capitalism fix it. Let the free market fix it." But then when the free market does fix it, like with the cake we talked about, with like all those type of things, 
when people actually do boycott businesses that don't align with their their philosophy of life or their moral code, that's capitalism. But then people will complain about that, like with Tarko Carlson, when people will try to take away his ad space and all that kind of stuff. That's capitalism. I don't agree with, like, throwing people in jail. That's like Russia. Like, don't throw people in jail. But, yeah, let their – like, hit them where it hurts. Hit them in the wallet. If you really want to make a difference, hit them in the wallet. And, uh, yeah, so Will Smith is doing that. And to be honest, it's actually doing that to him. That's what you – I think that's what you were saying. Like, yes. Yes, follow where the money is. So, yes, he is a person where his brand does have a social aspect to it. So, yes, he will be hurt if he did not. I agree with you. That was that was not only about his personal brand. That was definitely strategic. And this goes right into your next topic about making making that money. Yeah. Well, actually, you want to introduce it? Go ahead. Boy Meets World, Maitland Ward. Go ahead. So, uh, no, I don't want to take your role. You introduce it. You introduce it. Ah, damn. I was going to switch it up. All good. Maitland Ward. All right, I'll do it. Maitland, uh, go ahead, go Maitland, ahead. Ward, Maitland Ward is now claiming that she makes over six figures a month. On OnlyFans. Clap, 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 clap so, for that. Look, I and feel like... Cheeks. And those cheeks. She's yeah. so hot, too. God <laughs> damn it. And she got hotter. She was already out of Boy Meets World. I was not a watcher of Boy Meets World. I caught an episode here and I there. Now, wait, shocked. I'm sorry. And you're a pop this... culture aficionado, so I'm shocked she's you got to... She's not Topanga, though, right? No, no. She was the, the, the short bob redhead. Very tall, okay. very skinny. And I had to look up if she had big boobs because she's like really big boobs now. And no, they're real. Like she was just really young. She was just really young when she was on Boy Meets World. When I would catch an episode of that here and there, I did like it, but I it was not one that I fully committed I to. But shocked. I, I thought you were yeah. a TGIF kind of guy. I thought you were that kind of guy. I did watch Step by Step uh, on TGIF. That, that was, was on one TGIF. of the block. Family Matters. Family Matters. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You're making a comeback. You're making a comeback. But yes, <laughs> but yes, man. The Corey Matthews and Mr. Feeney and all that. Damn, you really missed out, man. That was a really good one. All good. Maitland Ward didn't miss out. She is in the money bag right now, and she's making a comeback. And we mentioned the pre-show, uh, uh, the pre-meeting, that Cardi B, Sasha Gray, Tracy Lords, if you want to go even further back, there are a lot of hybrid actors out there. And, again, this is not new. It's just that it's actually being accepted now. And so I'm for it. I'm for it. Maitland Ward, I'm making, I, actually, her new show is about that. It's about her making her jump back into acting, which she is doing in real life. And people are, are – Knocking on her door, rightfully so. She's a talented actor. She's a talented entertainer. Good for her. I'm I'm very happy for her, and I'm happy that she's opening the door for that, which it should have already been open. It was open, but, like, now we know about it. Yeah, I think that if she's really making six figures per month, right, per yeah, month. she doesn't need to do it. She doesn't even need that. She doesn't need it, and if that's really legitimately what she's making, that is a fuck ton of money. And, I mean, where I sit with it is, oh, am I surprised? that I guess the conversation here is people going to OnlyFans and it becoming more mainstream for actors and singers and rap artists and things like that. But then I also wonder, you know, it's gotten so democratized that I can be scrolling through Instagram and I'll just see one of my friends, who I, I know well, and I'll just see the inside of their ass – on an Instagram story, and it's them saying swipe up for my OnlyFans, and I just scratch my head, and I think, oh, my gosh, like this world has become such a changed place. But you know what? That does make me wonder with Maitland Ward. If I see uh, – speaking of a juice ass, just kidding. There goes there goes my boyfriend. He's I know. Like, I cooking, cooking dinner. Nick, <laughs> Nick, when are you going to post on your OnlyFans again, man? We're waiting. 
<laughs> he can't he can't hear you because no, um, you're in my ear. But um, anyway, no, no. But the point is, um, I wonder if people watch her OnlyFans, right, and they see what she can do sexually in the bedroom. Does that sort of go in the category of why are the, why are they going to buy the cow and get the milk for free? No, that's the wrong wrong uh, expression. But like, would somebody still want to be with you? I think, you it, I think if it they've seen. I get if it. They've seen every trick you have in the book, and they they've seen every area of you on OnlyFans. Is that going to increase your sexual appeal? I guess I wonder. Out loud, for me, no, because I'm I'm like pickled. So like you're right. If I see too much, even if a porn star, like I even get like tired of that. Like I'll like be like, okay, I was really into this porn star, but now I'm just like, ugh, I'm, I'm moving on. I saw too much. Like I've seen like every crevice of that ass, like you just said, and so, but. For a lot of people, they like both. They like both. They like seeing every aspect of that person. They, you know, they're they're appealing to the the, the, the dirtbag nature of like, you know, what a lot. Of, and to be honest, not a dirtbag nature. There are just a lot of people that enjoy the human body, and there are a lot of people. And um, I used to be a little more prudish about this, but I'm for it now. And do I think that it's a little weird now that you're right that like it used to be like. Instagram link, the VSCO, like, oh, go follow my VSCO, go follow my Tumblr. Now you're right. Now it's, but it's funny because Tumblr used to be a lot of porn too. So now it's a lot of your friend's porn. So now we just got to get used to being totally fine with seeing our colleagues and our friends and having a side hustle of showing their vagina and shit like that or, or pegging someone or, that's funny. That's actually my favorite episode on Broad City, the, the Shinjo. That's my favorite. That's my all time favorite. Fucking episode where she put it's it in the dishwasher. Yes, <laughs> yes, and the guy, the neighbor that looks like Aaron Rodgers, like she's trying to get him like the whole show, and he finally wants to do it. Now put a pin, put a pin in this. Don't forget for later. I worked with the creator of that show, Lucia Agnello, back in the day when I was maybe nineteen, oh twenty favorite, years old. One of my favorite shows ever. So she created Broad City. So we'll put a pin in that. We'll discuss it later if we have time. I know oh that we're getting God. we're getting short on time here. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Okay. No, no, so, not no, no. Meaning like you usually you'll tape all this and then you'll edit you'll edit what you what you mm-hmm. need, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All good. So Netflix has a new movie. Um, not that new. It got nominated for an Academy Award in the uh, the new international section. It used to be called the foreign section. I'm glad they changed that because it was a little offensive. Uh, right, it makes them sound alien-like when you call them foreign. Uh, the White Tiger, excellent, excellent movie, so good. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She's one of the producers of it. She also stars in it as well. She's not the main star. Ardash uh, Garab is the main star. There's a couple other people you may know on the um, the Bollywood scene, the Indian uh, movie scene, which is a huge movie scene. It actually makes more profits than the Hollywood scene, and. Uh, this movie is really good. I'm not going to give the whole thing, but it is a person from the slums, just like Slumdog Millionaire. They make reference to the movie, too, because that's such a huge movie. Um, and so he's in the slums. He he finagles his way to become a driver, and a lot and a, a um, he just gets really fed up with a lot of things, a lot of bullshit that the people are bringing on to him. And uh, you get to see his rise through that bullshit people are throwing at him. And it's very dark. It's very dark. It doesn't start out that way. It starts all like all happy-go-lucky. But his route to get there is very dark, but very interesting, very entertaining, amazing. I love it. Oh, Avril Devernay um, from Selma and uh, Wrinkle in Time, that shitty-ass movie. But she's still a very good director. She's one of the producers as well. So she she usually brings out quality. Is that something you've seen, or is that something you're interested in? No. 
I haven't seen it, but I am I am interested in it. It was also saying I think I read at one point that he has to work at being funny and serious, uh, rich and poor, uh, wearing those many that that dual personality type thing, which I think can be relatable for a lot of people and how everyone's going to meet a different version of you or sort of the opposite of when really wealthy people like the Aladdins of the world law or the princess Jasmine's of the world long for a simpler life where things are. <laughs> so I think that that that's a throwback reference, but I, um, <laughs> I, I am interested in seeing it. So it's on my list. Thanks for, thanks for putting it on your list here. Cause now, now it's brought it to light for me. No problem, no problem. I love to do that. Uh, yeah, so go check out White Tiger. Actually, speaking of the acting, he was very good. I think he got stiff, to be honest. I know that it's in the international category. Um, as a matter of fact, BAFTA, the grandmother from Minari, uh, she just won. So maybe that that's on track to get an Asian uh, woman to win that, the supporting role. That'd be really awesome. Um, Chow uh, won also from uh, Nomadland. She's one of the first female directors to win. So I'm hoping a lot of come, I, I hope a lot of history uh, is broken during the Academy Awards through these uh, movies. Then uh, I've been slacking on my documentaries. Uh, I watched one of Britney Murphy recently. I watched the Britney Spears one. I watched all that good stuff. We talked about it though. The one that I watched recently though is about Andrew Newman, the former CEO of WeWork. It's still up and running. It's still about to do its IPO, but he almost drove it into the ground. Basically, um, he was lying about the profits that they were making, the revenue that they were making, and they were making nowhere close to that. So he basically, WeWork is everywhere. You still see it. It's still a big player in the tech industry, even though it's a real estate com- company. But again, he almost fucked it all up. They revealed that um, his wife, Rebecca, is um, a cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow. And so she's in it, of course. I'm like, oh, my God. I bet Gwyneth Paltrow. I know. Gwyneth is in it. Gwyneth is in it. And she's interviewing Rebecca, too. And I'm like, oh, my God. And in in the interview, they're like, they're talking about Rebecca. And they're like, yeah, Rebecca, um, she's related to Gwyneth Paltrow, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about all her her accomplishments. And they go, but – Always, no matter what, in the conversation, Gwyneth always pops up. But I'm like, oh god, her and her, her and her goop, her and her goop, egg and her vagina steaming, and her conscious uncoupling bag of bullshit. <laughs> the goop. Go back to the Shallow Hal days. That's the only way I want to see her in the movie Shallow Hal. Remember Shallow? Oh, Hal? that was actually good. She was like, yeah, I, I don't, she was I don't, dog, I don't dog her acting. I think she's a dupe in real life, but I definitely think I and I like Shakespeare in Love. I know she was very modest about that. She and there's a lot of people who think that she didn't deserve that, but I do. Perfect I Murder. Yes, you see Perfect Murder. Yes, or was that M for Murder? Was that I think Perfect Murder was the original title. Perfect Murder was with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Michael Douglas, where he and Hugh, Hugo Vito yeah, Mortensen. I thought, I thought that was M for Murder. I thought that was M for Murder. Oh, uh, M for Murder might have been the original. Oh, maybe. My bad. Whatever. Whatever. Not a big deal. So, yeah. Are you interested in this Hulu documentary? And have you been in a WeWork space? So I work in a workhouse space at my office in Midtown. It's a workhouse, which sort of models itself after we work, but they're nowhere near as many workhouses. It used to be Regis, right? The Regis used to be the the, the, the old rework. Yes, yes, exactly. And now I feel like they – yes, I've been in many a WeWork space. I love the business model. I think mm-hmm. that this guy fell into a trap that many people fall into. You get very big, very fast. I think that they also acquired a mess of companies without really putting a lot of thought into it. But I think that uh, – hope. 
it, it's a good thing that he stopped when he did because it feels like things could have gotten a lot worse. But I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. It's very interesting. It's very and even if somebody like told you, like even if you read the events in the newspaper as it was happening, um, it's still very well put together. The doc they did a very good job. Um, yeah, same thing. I saw the whole OJ. I don't know why I keep mentioning OJ, but I saw the whole OJ case when I was younger, and I still was into the American Crime Story because they just did a very good job. They just did a very good job. And well, the OJ I, was the first one. The OJ was the first one. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, it's like tar- no, no, don't be sorry at all. You're the guest. Um, yeah, if if that's what you were about to say, that it was like the first one that like you know on television that we all got to. Like, Twenty four hour exactly. news. Yes, yes, that's probably why I mentioned it. You're absolutely right. But um, no, you're to me, you're a big deal in the TV production industry, and we need to interview that right now. But the fault lies in all of you. You. What the fuck did I say? And, uh, yeah, no, a lot of uh, my guests are not only, like I said, famous in my world, um, but they come from Instagram. And they're, and I've noticed this trend, actually. There are a lot of people that I'm fans of their Instagram story. And even before that, I was a fan of, like, your Facebook lives, all that good stuff. You're a very great entertainer. Let's get into interviewing Eddie Going, Going With Eddie. I appreciate all that. And I think that it's one of these things that – uh, you and I met, I guess, randomly through Jackie at our through Jackie at one of her maybe birthday get-togethers or yeah, happy on, hour and your famous and your your uh, uh your what is it called uh your place of habit creature of habit the rooftop <laughs> was it at a rooftop it was a rooftop yes it was a rooftop birthday it was okay, her birthday so I. Yes, and I remember uh, we clicked. We got along great, and I always notice when somebody gets my humor, that always tells me a lot about the person. And I can tell if somebody's being polite or if somebody just really gets it. And you got the humor, which is great. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that get the humor, and a lot of people that that don't get it. And that's okay too. Sometimes it's important to learn mm-hmm. and to wear that, you know, wear that other face around around people. I guess. What can I say? I've had a I've had a very lucky trajectory of being a YouTube partner. I was a YouTube uh, That's YouTube right. partner when I was a, a teenager back in the back in the day. I was one of the first people to ever. When hey, I don't give that away, people, by the way. Don't give that away. I know you were th- my, joking about that. <laughs> you were like having like a garage sale on your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a humble brag. That was the definition of a humble brag. Oh, oh look what I found, my good. YouTube award. Good. No, no but it, it's, especially now with influencers um, out there, that's a big deal. On one hand, it's a great honor to be one of the first people to be pushed through to be making revenue off of YouTube. But on the other hand, it is a load of bullshit. And it's one of these <laughs> things where it depends on – you don't want to – you know, it's like everything. Drop a knowledge like you did. You gave us a gem with that whole master's uh, breakdown. I love that. Thank you for that, by the way. Didn't mean to thank, thank you. No, no worries. Thank you. I feel like it, you don't want to lose yourself. When you fall down this what can be rabbit hole of social media and videos and podcasts and influencer and making money and promotional deals and getting sued by I mentioned Paramount you mentioned you had have had lawsuits coming after you my YouTube channel was taken down not once but two times where I lost everything yeah no, so it was dude. very oh my it's God. been it's been a huge it's been a huge learning and I feel like there was a point where I was starting to lose myself along the way and 
we were filming a reality show that the company I was working for at the time. So I was originally going to school in LA. I ended up staying in New York City for a relationship. Mm-hmm. When I was 17, 18 years old, I stayed in New York. The relationship ended, but I ended up landing a great job while I was still in college at a production company. I got I got the job when I was 19. It was an internship, and then it turned into a full-time job. They actually toyed with me quitting college at one point. They were like, do you really need to finish college? Because this is a job that might go away. We want you to have it. And I said, look, I'll take the job, but I can't quit college. I have to at least finish four years. I was a sophomore at the time. The point is, it was such a small company. We had to do everything ourselves. I learned so much so fast. I made a lot of money for being that age at the time in New York City. We started to film a reality show. I don't know if you know about this. Did we ever talk about this, Vincent? Yes, yes. I thought it was going to launch. Okay. So this was back in the day. I feel like it it gave me so much power. So I feel like we filmed with uh, camera equipment that we would rent for specific client shoots that we were doing. We would film on the weekend. We would film after work. We would just get as much footage as we can to build up a couple of trailers or sizzle reels to pitch to networks. My friends, well, people that I thought were my friends, would come out of the woodwork who I hadn't heard from in a very long time, but word spreads pretty quickly when you are doing a reality show. It also makes you start to think about what can I do in my personal life that would make this show really good. So I have a lot of addicts in my family. I thought if I could out those people on camera, that would make for good TV, which at the time seemed like a good idea. I had a couple of other skeletons going on in my life that I wanted to push out into the open because I wanted so desperately for this show to take off. And luckily, luckily, Yeah, it didn't get picked up. We pitched it to three networks, and it did not get picked up. The third network was Bravo. I actually had had two Real Housewives who personally handed it to Andy Cohen, one of which lied to me about handing it to him. The other one actually did hand it to him. It's one of these things, too. And I don't blame her for lying to me. I wish she had just told me she wasn't comfortable doing it because I can't tell you how many people – it's like when you're in – if you're in an elevator with – Shark Tank people, you happen to walk into that elevator. If you've got an idea, you're going to use that opportunity to pitch the idea. And I use elevator, it's an elevator pitch. So you're pitching it on an elevator. I've been there many times. You know the deal. So I feel like everybody has a show in their head and everybody's the star of their own reality now. That to have that opportunity, the housewife who lied about doing it, uh, I found out later from another housewife that she lied, but she was just uncomfortable doing it. She just said she would. The other one did pitch it. We never heard back. So I don't even know if he ever watched it, Andy Cohen. But the point of the matter is, in a way, it was the best thing that happened to me that the show didn't get picked up. So I feel like it set me on a little bit of a better path. I like to dabble still in YouTube. I still make money from YouTube. I love doing lives. It's a form of therapy for me. I like getting things off my chest, trying to be a straight shooter. But I think that you have to grow a thick skin because when I was first on YouTube, 
people made fun of my teeth because they were really jacked. So all these teeth are fake. I went and got them replaced. People made fun of my weight when I first got on YouTube. So I ended up shedding over 200 pounds at one point in my life. Yeah. People made fun of my eyebrows. I would then go and get them manicured because it felt like the people on the internet. I'm watching an MTV True Life episode right now. Holy shit. And this was pre-True Life. And then after that, it was controversy about my hair. So now this is a wig. So it's one of these things that I felt like I was being controlled in a way and uh, allowing that to happen to me, which I allowed it all to happen. And, you know, people also say I have a very strong opinion about, oh, well, just don't read the negative comments. Don't read the negative comments. If you live your life wearing rose-colored glasses and only listening to the good things that people have to say about you, what does that say about you and what are you going to fucking learn? True. So, but then the other side of it, you read the bad comments, you end up with a new, uh, a new set of teeth that now are, they're all fake, uh, a fucking wig on your head, manicured eyebrows, and now I've gained, a, I've gained a good deal of the weight back that I lost for the, the kids on, the kids on the internet. So it's been, it's been a spectrum. And I think too, speaking of humor, I plugged the comedian Danny Cohen earlier right. today. You can, do you consider yourself a comedian? Do you feel like you, have you done stand up before? Um, really funny, actually, I was doing standup lessons right before COVID and they had to give me a refund because they, they didn't come up with like a remote program. It was the comedy seller. And, um, I did, I wanted to dabble because yes, you're right. I do consider what I do like comedy. I wish I was doing more comedy sketch. I wish I was doing more in general content creation. I love it. Uh, but no, yes. Uh, but I consider yourself a comedian yourself, to be honest. You're hilarious. I, and lock her I, up. And I, lock her up. And I, I hate going down that dark road, but I think it's an important road to go down because I can spend time talking about the accolades, but I stopped having fun. I made a channel with my boyfriend, Nick, and we said when we stop having fun doing it, we have to stop. And we did stop having fun. So it was a comedy channel that we used to do. And it just things – I think I got a glimpse into how bad things could get. Yeah. And it, it also – it got a little cool. Like people would recognize us on the street from YouTube, but then they expected us to be like the comedians we were acting uh, like yeah. in our sketch-like show. Yeah. The, the so satire version line. of yourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I like to talk about controversial things. I like to keep people guessing. And it just, I I didn't want it to continue going down the wrong road. So I think that I allowed, I allowed it to fail. It failed. A couple of the, the things failed. And I allowed it to fail because I think I felt content with that. But comedians also, and I don't know if you can relate, but uh, Danny Cohen shared something recently. Do you know the comedian Jessica Carson? Yes, actually. Okay, so she is good friends with this guy, Danny Cohen, and they asked her recently on The View, Sarah Haynes was interviewing her, and Sarah Haynes said, do people who are comedians who look to stand-up comedy or even just people who joke in in real life, do they have a lot of heartache and a lot of sadness and a lot of darkness? And yes, the answer is yes. And Jessica Kirsten even said, which maybe they would have taught you at your – maybe they would have mentioned at your stand-up class – if you've got too much, too many good things going for you and your stuff is very light and positive, stand-up comedy isn't going to work out. It's about that darkness and it's about that struggle and it's yeah. about that uh, bothersome um, part of life that makes comedy so good or yeah. makes people they, – they they've gone that journey to make people laugh. And Joan Rivers has said even you know her 
her comedy was very controversial, making fun of blind people, making love fun it. of gay people, making fun of disabled. Legend. Yes, I love Legend. it too. Legend. Love it as well. If you can make someone laugh for a moment, that's a small vacation from what they're going through. Yeah. So that, that's a Joan Rivers quote. So I feel good when people do laugh, but then you have, you know, to really hammer it home, you have the Robin Williams of the world and other fill in the blank. Chris Farley, John Lucci. Yeah. People that have committed suicide. People have gone that dark route. You're right. Yeah. Comedy, comedy so, is a dark, it's like the blues. You have to be pretty much speaking the blues in order to like feel it and to write about it and to perform it. There you go. And I am not putting myself in that category with those, with those comedians at all. In fact, my brother, my younger brother, Anthony, he did stand up. We all went to I love your team. nephew, by the way. He's so funny. Oh, isn't he funny? Best gift my brother could have given me is that is that baby. He was so good with his stand-up. He was so good, and I, I loved it. I wish that he would have stayed doing it, but it is not easy to do. No. And I've never done it. So I feel like because he was dabbling with it and he went far and he was doing some shows, I never wanted to do that because I had a fee. I didn't want to ever compete with him. I didn't. Mm. I, I felt like he chose that lane first. He did something about it. He got a number of shows that I let him own that you arena. Be perfect. You would be perfect for stand up. Well, I gave him some some pointers with his comedy, and he took my tips. So I oh, felt nice. very happy. I felt very happy that he took Executive my tips. Executive producer. Some people, yeah, yes. So I, I let I let that lane, and I wish he stayed with it. But that's what I have to say about that. I think that now social media it's it's democratized fame. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you have so much fun creating content. You're producing this show. You are hustling. I feel like when you are having fun doing all of those things, it shines. Like this to me, doing this with you was very fun because we got to just talk about hot topics and and my real opinion of things. And it's an excellent show that you're producing. Thank you. So I think that like many people would say, you're welcome. Many actors, actresses, uh, talk show hosts, comedians, podcasters, uh, influencers, when it stops being fun or any job for that matter, it's time to step, step back or step away. So because the internet never was buttering my bread entirely, mm-hmm. I never had to step away completely like people do. They make that big announcement when they're leaving social media. Oh. But even influencer, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, right. and, and I want uh, – don't uh, ask me about it. Curtains, yeah. blackout, blackout now. <laughs> don't text me about it. <laughs> don't I, at me. Don't like at me. Even, even I've, I've heard people – you know, you get influencers who are getting paid to go on vacation to basically res- review cities, resorts, and excursions, and their friends who get to go with them, the friends will tell you that the influencer is not having fun because they are working now, yeah. and it's hard work, and you can't really enjoy it as much. Now, granted, when you stop working, I'd rather be in a, a pool in Cancun versus my bathtub here, you know, with a uh, – you know, getting ready to, you know, just go. So it feels like it, it, the world has changed in, in such a way where kids don't want to be doctors and lawyers anymore. They want to be YouTube stars. We're the new Rome. Be... We're the new Rome. All exactly. entertainment and no structure. Yeah. But this was wonderful. I think that it's great that you're you're using this as an outlet and bringing guests on is always super fun. And watching the past episodes, obviously, I like more people 
uh, more people than others, but I think that it's 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 really it's solid. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course you want everybody to watch as many episodes as possible, but the ones that people relate to, the ones that people connect with, I I love that too. I love and there's so much content out there. I don't get jealous. I don't get like it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm just really humbled. Even when people listen to like five minutes of one episode, I'm just like. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. There's just so much good shit out there, and you produce really good shit. I had a couple comments on what you said. First, um, you already know how much I adore your comedy, your brand, all that good stuff, Locker Up. Um, uh, my fr- my friends told me to tell you. Um, nobody, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about your marathon. Nobody gives a fuck about your weight loss. These are all things I say, but you say it in a different way. And it's great. I love it. I crack up all the time. Second, um, you reminded me of uh, Kanye West's uh, plea with um, with when he said he didn't say it was our fault, but he said that it was Fame's fault that he had liposuction, that he had um, that surgery, and that he got addicted to pills. And um, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of things that you were saying of like you know being a full time influencer. And I've seen I've seen docu- testimonials of other influencers as well. People that are not in the micro scene, they're in the huge macro scene of like millions of followers and and millions of dollars of endorsement money and stuff like that, and a lot of pressure. Like just like having a book deal. Like where's my page is at? I paid you that advance. You're right. Those endorsements, those product placements and stuff like that. They're like, yo, where's that fucking shampoo that you said that you were going to fucking where's where's that meal that you were going to go fucking pop in the microwave or something like that? Like, no, I get you. I totally get that completely. And that's why, you know, I appreciate all your gems with this, because even though we were like trying to interview you, like things that you have been through and stuff like that have really touched home and have really give a big insight of what's really going on today. Yeah, it messes with it messes with your life a little bit. And and I always whenever I do talk about this with people, especially new friends who weren't part of the whole journey or the arc or the reality show days or anything, they're always like, but who are you even? And I I used I started writing this book and the book was going to be titled The Fastest 15 Minutes That I Never Had because I never and I came up with that. I came up with that title. I haven't indoor. I haven't done anything with it. So if somebody's listening to this and they decide to take it, I you know do something with don't, it. Don't like don't motherfucker. <laughs> you need Eddie to make some money, man. <laughs> but it's the fastest fifteen minutes that I never had. Meaning it went by like this, and I never even had it. But I I have enough experience with it to speak to it. And I even was going to do a South by Southwest panel. And I had a couple of people that oh, signed up went. for it. I want to so bad. I want to go to South by Southwest. Oh, South by Southwest is so solid. This oh. panel, this South by Southwest was canceled due to COVID. Yeah. We did not win the panel, but I could lie and say we won the panel and then we couldn't do it because it, it, it didn't happen. But the point is we didn't win the panel. And I imagine the reason we didn't win is because why are you going to have people speak about fame at a conference, which you could argue everyone there is trying to achieve some level of it, why are you going to have three panelists talk about how this is going to be the biggest mistake of your life and could potentially cause you to want to kill yourself or completely change career paths? So what I think it would have been a what a perspective. Yeah, they don't want they're they're selling tickets to fame is ultimately helping keep South by Southwest. Uh, in business because everyone wants to achieve some level of it, whether it's the financial side, the recognition side, or the making an impact, becoming, you know, legend-like status in your lane side of it. So 
we didn't win the panel, but I did a ton of research. I had lots of calls with my panelists and what they were going to talk about. And it was a very dark, dark panel, which is not what South by Southwest is looking to do. They want lighthearted, fun, informative. So they want the Ashton Kutchers out there trying to, you know, put out the fires for Mr. Andrew Newman and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, no, you would be somebody I would watch at, uh, at South by Southwest anytime, especially my pop in my chair to go see my first one. That'd be great. Or even being a part of it, even setting up a production for that. I could see myself doing it. Tr- when I worked at Puffco, I tried to get them at um, at that festival, especially when they, like you said, it's always been an informational. It's always been a seminar for people to get their um, their hustle on, especially in the tech industry, but um, or you know the media industry, which is now the tech industry essentially. Um, but they started bringing celebrities. That's what my point was. They started bringing Justin Timberlake. They started bringing a lot of uh, before it used to be just a lot of professionals that were still, like you said, successful, successful, just not in like pop fame or something like that. But now they have mixed that in so that they can attract more people and put an excuse for those fifteen hundred dollar tickets. Yes, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, yep. Kathy Griffin, Kevin Costner, Goldie Hawn. Nice. I was seeing – I was in line with these people behind me, and I'm like, who are these fucking annoying as shit people? My fucking God. I'm trying to buy lollipops. Still annoying, just rich. <laughs> yeah, but they know they were fucking – they were YouTubers. They were famous YouTubers yeah. who, again – when they're not recognized, that's the other bad side of this. Yeah. I've, I've witnessed YouTubers say to me, nobody's recognizing me here. We have to leave. And I thought, you want to leave? I've seen that on television. I've seen that in, like, people making fun of that on television. Or I had someone else say to me, when you and I are the most famous people at a party, we need to leave. And wow. so I thought, what is, what? so it's like both sides of it too, like meaning you only want to go to things where they are more uh, recognizable, more famous people, more wealthy people, whatever lane you're in with, with regard to the fame. And then there's the other side of it where these people are making a fucking scene in line at Dwayne Reed. And I turn around and then I vaguely recognized one of them. I can't remember who it was at the time, a YouTuber. I went on her Instagram. Sure enough, she was at South by Southwest making a damn fool of herself in line, not being recognized by people having to create a scene. And it just becomes this power thing that Sandra Bernhardt said it best about Madonna, I think. You will take it to the bitter end. If you're not getting satisfaction and you're not fulfilled and you don't love yourself and your life and your your day-to-day, you will take that fame and that attention to the bitter end because it is a well that will never be filled if you're in it for the wrong reasons. So sometimes, like we're talking about this now, I'm not trying to convince you to stop doing anything that you're doing. It's just the other side of it that can have a very bad effect on people. That needs to be said to, to either yeah. avoid. Yeah. yeah. That needs to be said and need or to keep in control, to keep in check like you're doing right now. Like you said, you didn't get rid of that love for creating content. You just, you just modified it a little bit. You just integrated it a little bit more into your life and you're mixing it up and keeping it balanced. You're so right. Like the yin, the yin yang, the yin yang. Mm-hmm. Good. I have one more question before, because yeah, I did take a lot of your time. Sorry about that. But no, you're fine. You're fine. I feel like you you're going to be cut, cutting this, right? And you, no, no, I'm not. I, that's not what I do. I, I sync it up with the sound. Like the YouTube version is not as important as the audio. The audio, no, you're fine. You're fine. I don't think there's anything we need to cut out. Well, okay. I, I, it's all good. I don't like fine, but I do that type of production, just not for this, um, or post production. I mean, so. 
a question uh, referring to when you were saying that um, the comment threads kind of uh, – motivated you to do some aesthetic things to yourself but i have a question too like i'm a vain person so i and i'm not gonna lie i think i would be susceptible to that too if i had your kind of fame on youtube um but me i think also i'm a vain person i'm a vain person so i think they would be talking to the right person anyway so my question to you is do you think anything of your vanity had anything to do with that do you think that even without the youtube like you would have looked in the mirror sometimes and would have been like hey i want to improve this or i want to do like because i don't feel like there's anything wrong with that either one, I 100% agree with you in that there's nothing wrong with it. I also think that uh, if you find me somebody who is in front of the camera and uh, on social media posting selfies of themselves, making videos, there is definitely a level of vanity. And it isn't until that vanity is questioned or is – or if you have a problem with something about you and it is justified when someone justifies it and you feel vindicated when enough people harp on something that maybe didn't bother you too much. And then you start looking a little bit closer at it and you're like, oh, I really don't like that about myself. Maybe they helped me in a way because I love my hair now. Mm -hmm. I love my teeth now. You look great. Well, it's funny. Well, my bottom teeth progressed staying crooked. So it's like I have this. You know, it's pretty standard, though, to be honest. A lot of actors, you know, too, you've seen them. A lot of actors, they do the Invisalign just up top, and they just leave the bottom for some reason. They forget the bottom. Yeah, i got to have one of these teeth removed. But anyway, you're right, and I think vanity certainly played a role in it. I even got to a point where, and that's where my whole brand of humor with the Peloton and the fitness and the enough already and shut the fuck up. I don't even want to be on my own physical fitness journey. Why the fuck would I want to be on 60 other I thought I was done with the Fitbit. Now it's Peloton. I just got – right. It's one of these things where uh, it comes from a place of I get it because when I was 17, 18, 19, I was so thin, so vain, and so obsessed with the gym. The gym was every day for me, sometimes twice a day. Damn. Every day, sometimes twice a day. I was, I was an drinking. athlete, and I don't even do that. <laughs> oh, my God. This was an obsession, and I, I blame a lot of the gay community for it. And We would get into that another another time, which is Right, you why. and Daniel Vardo could have been twins back in the day. Well, not anymore. He's not in shape as well. But, like, you guys were, like, both, like, gym fanatics and, like, the, the, the hair and everything like that. You guys could have been twins at some point. I feel like I look at older, and the thing is, you look at old photos of yourself where I was legit rail thin. I know how much I, I know how much I weighed, and in my head I was fat, and I was also judging people for not exercising. I was judging people for eating a big piece of cake. I would judge people when the bread basket would come to the table and they would actually eat. From the bread now basket. You're that, at least with your comedy. Now, now I'm like I realize now that that I ended up that I hate that part of my life. If I passed him on the street today, I wouldn't even. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd slap him or I wouldn't even look at him. So it it's about the evolution, and I think that I want to tell people, hey, listen, like not for nothing, everybody wants to be physically fit. I don't want to ha- get diabetes. I don't yeah, want to yeah. have a heart attack. I don't want uh, to not be able to tie my shoes. I want to live a long life. I want my parents to live a long life. But then there comes the moral high ground and the making people feel like shit because they didn't ride a goddamn stationary bike for two hours today or just don't we have other things to talk about besides exercise? I feel like exercise should can only be a certain part of a conversation. If it's the bulk of the conversation, we're doing something wrong here. So 
I, I feel like that's the place that that has come from. So I'm with you. Anyway. And, and we have a mutual friend that I, and I don't want to get too into it. I, we have a mutual friend that like, I would do a lot of, uh, not to, to the person directly, but a lot of my comedy had to do with fat shaming. And to be honest, I'm, I'm with you on that too. I, I've had to hopefully evolve from that because uh, that's just too low hanging fruit. Yes. We joke about a lot of things, but to be honest, it's, it's, first of all, it's overrated. It's overdone. And it's, it's, and it, and it hurt my friend too much. That person was too close to me where it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Like those laughs were not worth losing that person or that, or like briefly losing that person or like, you know, um, downgrading, demoting that friendship. Um, Cause that person's still in my life, but I don't feel like it's the same since. So like, I, I, I feel you on that. I like, <laughs> Some jokes that are just not worth it anymore. Yeah, I, I I think that the fat jokes can be made by the fat person. Like if it's yeah. a comedian, for example, and they're making a joke about themselves, then it's very funny. I think that when uh, one of the things that they'll tell you, or at least I've seen people say with comedy, is you always want to hit up. You always want to hit the more powerful. Yeah. You always want to hit those who are greater than. So, but I mean, if it's a if it's a lesson that you learn, then it's a lesson that you learned. But I also think yeah, that, like like my lighting right now. Holy shit, both. So two of my lights went out. I've been trying to get. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's getting uh, <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, they're giving me the K. They're giving me the Apollo K. But it's cool. That was, that was my last question, anyway. <laughs> no, but this was great. Thanks for taking the time to um, to invite me to do this. I I really appreciate it. No problem. Like I said, his brand didn't start, but the brand for me, what caught my eye as a friend and when I saw his media uh, stuff being published, um, it was going with Eddie. He he had a weekly uh, thing going on with his social media platforms where he would show segments of people showing bad etiquette in travel situations, even though it was mostly on the subway and it was syndicated. It was fantastic. I was a big fan of it. I'm still a big fan of his brand. So my last, last question is, what is on what's next on the horizon for going with Eddie and where, where can we find you? So I got to say that uh, going with Eddie was a name that was coined by an editor that I worked with when we were producing the reality show. So he was a video editor. He coined the name going with Eddie for the reality show. Nice. When I started my subway blog, my cousin, her husband at the time said to me, this is going to be huge. People are going to start submitting from all over the world. And sure enough, it, it did have a huge spike. I can't remember which television program was the first one that did a segment, but I, I'm very lucky that I got to do – I felt like a Kardashian at one point because I'd be flying to Florida for work, and I landed in Florida for work, and – my email, my personal email was blowing up with news networks wanting to do in-person interviews. And I was in Florida, so I couldn't do it. And I thought, if I tell them no, they're not going to be interested. So I even debated flying back to New York, again, chasing the fame, to do these interviews. Luckily, they held off and I was able to do them when I got back to New York. But that overshadowed my real job. And my boss at the time was very upset because freelancers would come in and they would say, I saw Eddie on TV last night. I saw Eddie on the news last night. And that ended up messing with my real job because my boss didn't really like that I was getting this attention from something that didn't have anything to do with our job and going with that he had already failed. And I blew more air into that balloon and let it take off with the blog. So I say all that to say the ship has sailed. It was super successful, but I kind of just let it be like I put that book on the shelf. Right now, truthfully, I think that COVID has put so much into perspective with regard to 
our jobs and how do how are we really impacting the world? So I think that I do want to just re-examine my future. Mm-hmm. And uh, COVID also put deaths at all of our doorsteps where what if this happens to me and I'm one of these 30-year-olds that ends up because of XYZ dying yeah, from yeah. this virus that some people still think is a hoax? So I think that you know, not that you wanted this to be a dark episode, but I think no, it's no, no. been about Perfect. self-examination and really just living your life, speaking your truth, standing in your truth. The truth hurts for a reason and the truth stings for a reason. And I think that what's next is is honestly just making sure that my where I make money with my career doesn't overtake my personal life mm-hmm. and just keeping my keeping the door open but being very cautious of everything I spoke about with regard to how uh, easily I can get caught back up in it so it's kind of like a someone in recovery of um, the fastest 15 minutes that I never had that's a great, great answer. Um, I related to you even when you said as far as the comment threads, because, um, for instance, let's say someone says that I have bad breath. I would rather that that regular ass motherfucker tell me I have bad breath than fucking like somebody I really want to bang in the celebrity life, like Scarlett Johansson or something like that. I'd rather that person tell me I have bad breath than ScarJo tell me. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate when people, like you said, the truth does hurt. And I've heard it professionally. I've heard like people's, um, this one professional um, said that I, I, I mingled too much with mid-management. That's why people don't see me in the senior position sometimes. I was like, damn, that hurts. But I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. And to segue um, out of here with um, with your great with your great um, answer, um, we're not celebrities, and you don't and, and we we don't have your PR in back of you and stuff like that. There's no press kit, no media kit. There's nothing like to promote in that sense. So your raw answer was absolutely on the money tea and everything that you um interjected with the like i said with the the music um I, we were talking about the royalties and stuff like that and i i totally forgot how much you have dealt with that professionally and for yourself for yourself brand so i really really appreciate you bringing that because that was unexpected and again like i said i know that you're always working on something but again that doesn't always have to be like just super highlighted like your your introspection on all this is just gold is it's in my mind just gold Thank you. Thank you for for giving me an opportunity to talk about it. It feels like a therapy session. I feel like I owe you uh, uh, a fee for uh, acting as a ther- uh, acting as therapist. Not at all, man. <laughs> Facebook Live can't get it all, man. So like I, <laughs> like I said, Eddie has some websites going on. He has his Facebook. His is Facebook Live. You can just type in Eddie Going to be honest. So you just put it on Google search, Bing, anywhere, and all that will pop up. As Instagram, he's very on the platform, and rightfully so. He comes, he comes out with really. Inciting, inciting, exciting content. I love it. I'm a big fan. Um, you can catch our show. You can catch us on Instagram, Keep Up NYC. Keep Up Show is the Facebook fan page. We're SylvanSane.com. Sylvan Sane on the YouTube channel. We're our podcast um, that gets debuted a, uh, like a couple of days sometimes before the YouTube channel. So that's on SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. So hopefully everybody listens. This is episode 106. Right now it's called Subway Karaoke. Um, not in love with the name, but maybe we'll keep it. Maybe we'll, maybe Eddie will give me an idea. Who knows? But all I know, it's the 106th episode. 
We're coming up with our season finale next weekend. Um, I will be in Hawaii on that last episode, so we'll see how that goes. I've never uh, recorded remote before. But, again, I really, really have to thank you. Um, I'm glad you think it's therapy, whatever, because I just want the guests to have fun no matter what. So I'm, I'm hoping that you had fun, and I'm so happy you were here. I had a blast. Thank you so much. No problem. And say what up to Nick for me. Love Nick. I love his little guest appearance. We always have like a – I used to get anal about that in the beginning, but then I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, that shit happens. <laughs> Who gives this shit? And now I'm just like – now I just treat it like they're part of the show, like like um, like those like game shows. Or now – Cameo. Cameo. Right, right, the nice cameo of Maury or something. It's like, well, you didn't, you didn't think that was the father, but this person really is. <laughs> <laughs> you go daddy-o, Nick. But anyway, let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, did you well, and, No, enjoy your evening and enjoy Hawaii. Great to, great to do Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. You better shut the fuck up. Listen up and keep up with Sylvan Stain and my homeboy Eddie going, going with Eddie. Over and out, homies.